0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor.
1: Greg, are you on the line? I am.
2: I'm right here.
1: Oh my gosh, Greg! I just I'm excited to welcome the program. And I know him most because I am just a Heroes nerd, uh, Greg uh. Grunberg, uh And I'm just telling, you, I uh, Heroes is one of my favorite shows of all time. So when I heard that you were coming on the show, uh, I was just I was just so uh, pumped and so excited for sure. Uh, Thanks, you're,
2: man. You're you're geeking out. That's the greatest part about it. I love it.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely geeking out. Come, I mean, I mean, just really, it's just the heroes, and I, I hope it comes back. I, I, my wife and I would watch it every week and get just like just fall on our faces and say, "Oh no!" Especially the first heroes. I watched Heroes Reborn as well, and uh, and, and and loved it as well. But I mean, it's just constantly on on your heels and. You're fantastic yeah. and, and,
2: and you're thinking in my Thank mind
1: you. right now, right? You know exactly what I'm yeah, gonna yeah, say, right I'm, I'm reading your mind. I love
2: you too. And uh, no, I I, <laughs> I agree with you. Tim Tim Kring and Jeff Loeb and Jesse Alexander and all these guys, Michael Green, all these guys that that, that worked on that show, Brian Fuller, they were just amazing. like the beginning of, of Heroes, there was this discovery for the audience. Relatable characters. You know, Tim talks about how he saw the incredibles and it was ordinary people with extraordinary powers and and we were discovering as characters, and, and the you know the characters were discovering their power, so it was this great discovery the first year second year was amazing. we got the rider strike hit us and and that hurt you know the momentum of the show. but I think they did such a great job i mean it, you know it was such a fresh thing today, there are so many more shows that are dealing with Daredevil and you know stranger things now on on uh, netflix and I mean there's over and over and over and over again all these superhero shows. And it's just, it's so great for someone like me, and it sounds like you, just love this stuff. It's a great time to be a geek and when and, and watching, you know, and, and enjoying these shows.
1: I'm a sci-fi geek to the point I was a huge fan of V. I don't know, Greg. Oh, up, yeah, you remember v. v? That was the best. Yeah. V was, oh, my. V was so great. And I don't know uh, if I'm, I'm 43, Greg, so, you know, but I mean, I loved V, I loved all different sci-fi. Star Trek was the hardest to get into in ways, I'm a Star Wars nut, so when I said I finally got my first Star Wars guest ever, I have tons of celebrity lists, but I've never been able to land a Star Wars star, and I had you. You know how excited I was when I saw you were in Star Wars?
2: Oh, my oh, gosh. man. Thank I, I, you so much. I'm in – and, and uh, Star Trek Beyond that just came out, I'm in that. And, and so I got stopped and we were at Comic-Con um, shooting this new show that I'm doing with Kevin Smith called Geeking Out. And I'm interviewing all these people, and everybody says to me, like, you're the – you're like the only guy who's in both movies. And I said, no, there's – Simon Pegg is in both movies <laughs> and Deep Roy – Deep Roy, who uh, he played the Oompa Loompa and Willy Wonka, and he's in everything. I mean, he's just an amazing actor, and uh, uh, he's a little person. and He's a hilarious and and really good actor. He, the three of us, but I'm the only one who doesn't wear makeup. So I'm I'm like my face is recognizable in both films. And and again, these small roles, but I, I would have yeah. done craft service in either one of those movies. <laughs>
1: And we never know if you'll be back in another Star Wars or, or other. It just again, it's all up to the the audience. But yeah, tell me about AMC's late night talk show, geeking out. Tell me a little bit about that. And then I want to get to your children's book because I I I'm a, I have five kids of my own, so we definitely go into the education thing of a children's book. But let's go to geeking out first. What
2: a, okay, yeah, geek, work with Kevin's geeking out is out. an idea that I had. Um, I partnered with the Weinstein Company, and we. Came up with an idea that you know. There's so many people. You look at uh, this year, 280,000 people or something went to Comic Con. So so many people love all of this, uh, you know, this, this genre, TV and film, and comic books and books. And so there's a, a massive audience out there. But we don't. I, I can't. I don't want to cover this stuff like a reporter. You know, getting sound bites. I want to be able to, to tap into all my friends and have a peer-to-peer discussion or just hang out kind of thing, the way Jerry Seinfeld does it on. You know, comedians in cars getting coffee. It's like, it's just, it's just a, a casual conversation that goes deeper. So we part, and I and and uh, Kevin Smith, who is geek royalty, um, <laughs> is kind enough, he came on, executive producer and partner on this. And so the two of us just sit there and do exactly that. We geek out. We have a man cave we hang out in. We discuss movies and trailers and TV shows. We interview. We had J J Abrams on the steps of the Psycho House at Universal. Uh, Backlot. Wow. We had Matt Damon on the show. We have uh, Michael Giacchino does all the music. We have uh, um, Antoine Fuqua. We just interviewed about Magnificent Seven coming out. There's so many great people, and it just, the list goes on and on and on. We have uh, Alan Tudyk, and uh, um, uh, you know all these uh, the guys from Con Men. Just uh, you know, incredible guests. And we have great conversations, and I, I, so far the, the audience responded to our Comic-Con special, and we're back on on uh, August 14th, and uh, it's uh, 11 p.m., um, and then we go to midnight time slot the next week. But it's, it's just it's such a great opportunity to tap into all of our friends and just have a, have a really cool conversation about things.
1: You sound like a great host, Greg. <laughs> I I, just, I mean just listening to you and and how you're you're personable and definitely down to earth, man. I was saying should I tell them about heroes or not? And then once oh, we got into the conversation, so yeah, yeah, because I could chat for you for hours for sure. I had uh, Doctor Conrad Murray on for like a forty minute interview today. That was crazy. Talk about oh, Michael Jackson's awesome. daughter, a doctor. And that was—I don't know how I hooked that one up. That's called going after the story. Let's talk about your children's book, Dream Jumper. That's my whole thing—is dream jumping in so many ways. What a way! So, tell us why'd you write a children's book?
2: Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have various projects that I always want that I want to do, and ideas come to my head. This one was crazy. My son had a dream. He was so vivid, he couldn't go back to sleep, and I said, just tell me about it. What happened? What's in your dream? Can you remember it? And he said, well, it was like it was my dream. I was in my friend's dreams and and saving them from their worst nightmares. I was actually like a superhero in my friend's dreams, and I thought, what? That's so cool. (laughs) And so I partnered with Lucas Turnblum, this amazing illustrator and author, and the two of us wrote this, um, and it's now a book series, Scholastic." Uh, it's in all the stores right now it's called dream jumper and the first one is called nightmare escape and we we just finished book two that's coming out next year but it's exactly that it's about a kid who's able to jump into when he goes to sleep he's able to jump into this whole world this dream world and there's a nightmare lord and there's you know there's a lot of uh, evil factions and people that want to keep you and trap you in your dreams and Why is he selected as the Dream Jumper? Is he the only Dream Jumper out there? It's really uh, – the the, the illustrations are beautiful. Lucas is is an incredible artist. Um, And we're just having a a great time on this book tour. And kids – it's an all-ages graphic novel, and people are responding to it like crazy.
1: Graphic novels are so popular now. I cover the Miami Book Fair every year. Uh, yeah. And then I just have seen the growth in six years. It's just awesome. It's get, it gets the yeah. comic book geeks into now they can get their kids to like comics in a different way and get them to yeah. read more. I, I, I yeah, think and that's it's awesome. also
2: it's yeah. it, it's a real gateway drug for these kids to read. I have to say, like I'm wa- watching kids that don't have the attention span. They're on their phones. They're playing games. They're texting. And we have short attention spans. If it's not a quick soundbite or, or something, they're on to the next thing. This is so visual; it's like a storyboard. And one kid described it to me. This is a seven-year-old who said, "It's like the characters are talking to me because they can see them." And, and then there's the, you know, there's the dialogue. So there's a, there's a bunch of reading, but it's really easy and it flows. And also, they, there's a sense of accomplishment in a graphic novel. You finish this thing in an hour, and you want more. And we left a, a great cliffhanger. So it's been a really uh, great response so far, it's doing really well. Like I said, it's in every bookstore and online. Scholastic has a huge reach, so uh, I encourage people to pick up Dream Jumper. Hopefully you'll like it. It's, you know the, the dream world and sleep is such a mystery to everyone, like, yeah. and it can be scary to kids because it's the unknown, but this lays it out in a, in a really entertaining way, and they can take ownership in their dreams, which I, I love.
1: Well, good luck. And it's again great with all the different projects you have going on. And let's hope the continued success with the television show. I can't wait to watch it, Geeking Out, because I'll be geeking out as well with you, Kevin,
2: with you, Greg. <laughs> Thank so, you. the best
1: place we can find information with you, for you. Where can we find info on you, Greg? Follow you, learn more about you. Where can we go and purchase the books?
2: Where can we get- uh, well you can purchase the books anywhere you can go on amazon barnes and noble any of your local bookstores um independent bookstores are wonderful um and then and that's called dream jumper you can follow me on twitter which is at greg Grunberg, g r e g g r u n b e r g and then also um you know just uh, uh geeking out is on a m c so just go to go to your d v r go to your uh, you know tune in to a m c and uh, and watch us it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun
1: well I really uh, enjoyed the conversation. We definitely have to chat again when you have other projects coming up. So best of luck, and thanks again for calling.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. Take care.
1: All right, take it, Greg. See ya. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show on the line. Yes, I'm
3: here. Hey, Neil. Fantastic.
1: I'm excited to welcome the program producer of the Angry Birds movie, John Cohen. It's digitally released today. I know you're excited about that, and congrats on the success of the movie.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's, uh, it, it's been so much fun just seeing, seeing the reactions of people and, and hearing about all the reactions of people around the world.
1: Well, you know, thinking about the success when you first were approached to do this project of, of Angry Birds, the video game, and how popular it is, you knew that the movie was going to really have a great buzz, didn't you?
3: well I, I was and and continue to be a, a huge right, a huge fan of the the games and 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 actually was was an addict and and i approached rovio and and for for many months uh was was talking to them about what what i believed would would turn into a fun and funny and exciting movie and so it's uh it, it's one of those things where where you you realize the games have been downloaded over 3 billion times, which is an extraordinary number. And, and, and to have that many people that, that know the games and love the games and continue to play the games is, uh, is, is just phenomenal.
1: What was the challenge of putting it, making it into a movie from the video game, especially creating characters that the characters can come to life more and more?
3: The the challenge was really the greatest opportunity, which is w- that while these games and 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 the Angry Birds uh, brand is known by so many people, not a lot had been defined, and so we were able to we were able to go back and 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 think about well what is the origin story of how this strange conflict came to exist between flightless birds and and cute green piggies and yeah. and and that was an opportunity to tell an original story but it was an original story with all of the great recognition and awareness of 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 the games
1: and then getting to work with an awesome cast like that that must be awesome too right that was the nice part of it as well of talented people oh my
3: gosh yeah, we, we, we have just what I think is, is one of the, the best comedy casts ever assembled with Jason Sudeikis, Josh Gad, Danny McBride, Meyer Rudolph, Bill Hader, Kate McKinnon, who is so great in Ghostbusters as well this summer, Peter Dinklage and Keegan-Michael Key and, and so many others. And, and all of these actors are just amazing improvisational comedians. And they come into the recording booths, and and the script that we have is already great, and they are, are are able to take it to the next level and and come up with great ideas and improv and ad lib and 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 make their characters come to life.
1: And when they each come in to record at different times and different places, the fun thing is working with each one of them, right? John and seeing their, their, how they make that character into life and how more and more you see that character on the movie screen as you see the person, right? And in so many ways it comes to life that, 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 uh, that, that personality.
3: It's so true. In, in animation, you can play anything. You can play any character, whether they, whether they look like you or, or whether they are a, a bird or a pig or, or don't resemble you in, in, in any way, shape, or form. And, and that's such a fun thing for, for actors to be able to create a voice and, and come in and, and, and make it their own.
1: Do you think when producing something like this, where they are coming in to make it their own, it, it's it's more of a, a challenge, or it makes you nervous till you finally see it all put together? You know, it is.
0: Like,
1: it is
3: yeah. a, oh, sorry. It is. It's a. It's a ton of fun. You you go in and you 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 have what is a very a very personal comedy show for, for about four hours in a recording session. And, and you are given so many great options, so many great things to choose from that when we get back into, into editorial with the directors and our, our editorial team, we, we sit there and, 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 and have to decide between 10 to 15 great options for a line or for an expression or for, for any moment in the movie. So it's, it's a challenge, and, and, and the challenge is really that we have, we have, we have a, a, an embarrassment of riches.
1: <laughs> it seems you definitely have the embarrassment of the riches for people who have not seen the movie yet. What's the storyline? Give us a little bit of that storyline, just so people understand, because they might say, oh, I'll play the video game, but what's the storyline that creates it to probably, hopefully, a second movie? But yeah, tell us the storyline.
3: The, the story is about uh, a character named Red, and Red is an outcast in this this, this very happy island, this, this cheerful bird community. And they're, they're an island of flightless birds, which means they've, they've never left the island. So everything they know about the world begins and ends on these shores. And Red is a cranky, angry bird in this otherwise happy place. So he doesn't fit in. And, and Red ends up, Uh, getting into a little bit of trouble in an anger management class. And he befriends Chuck, voiced by Josh Gad, and Bomb, voiced by Danny McBride, and, and a couple of other characters. Maya Rudolph is an anger management coach. And when these mysterious green piggies arrive on the island one day, Red and the guys believe that they might be up to something, up to something strange. And and what we know from the games is that these pigs are there because they, they are after the birds' eggs.
1: <laughs> and then that's, the, the, then that's when the challenge becomes interesting, and, and the feedback I'm sure you've been getting from adults and kids has been fantastic, hasn't it?
3: Oh, it really has, and and so many fans out there in the world, and so many people that have that have reached out to us to tell us how much they love the movie, and and to hear from fans, to hear from from everyone, from 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 Madonna, who who was creating videos using the the masquerade app of the Angry Birds red character to to Beyonce and Jay-Z who went to see the film with Blue Ivy. It's it's just it's incredible to see this this amazing, amazing uh, uh, reaction.
1: Well, John, you're very, very lucky in so many ways to be involved with Despicable Me, Ice Age, all these different ones. You continue to put yourself involved in great projects for sure. Where's the best place we can find information on you today? It's digitally released, so now people can finally see it again after they saw it in the theater in the privacy of their own home. But where's information on? Is there an information we can find on you as well, John?
3: Oh, the the best information on me is probably uh, on Twitter, which is my my Twitter handle is at JohnCohen1.
1: All right. Well, John, thanks for calling. Congrats on the success, and I can't wait to uh, watch this with my kids for sure. And uh, thanks for taking the time, man.
3: Oh, thank you so much. I
1: was thrilled to be here. All right. Thanks, John. Take care. All right. See you later. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back. Teresa, okay. are you on the line, Teresa?
4: I am. How's it going?
1: Fantastic. Excited to welcome to the program, Teresa Palmer of Lights Out. Teresa again.
4: <laughs> hey,
1: hey. When lights go out, bad things. "Can you hear me, Teresa?" Yes, there's,
4: yeah, there's a there's a scary ghoul that comes out <laughs> in our movie. Whenever the lights go out, she appears and she tries to kill us all.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Tell me specifically about the project. How you got involved in it? Heard about it
5: and all that.
4: Well. I was sent the script and I met with the director and the producers. And when I read the script, I couldn't actually get through it because I was reading it in the dark. And I was like, "Okay, this is a good sign." Um, and then I, when I read through it, I just knew it was different. It was unique. It was these characters were real. They were grounded in reality and they're complex. And then. You know, you just don't really see that with a genre film. And then, of course, it was horrendously scary. So I decided to jump on board.
1: Jump on board and tell us who your character is in the film.
4: Yeah, I play Rebecca. She's a very angsty 20-something. She's dealing with her mother, who has uh, some really severe mental issues and... um, My mother's the one that's sort of attached to this dark entity that's been haunting us since I was a child, and she's very bitter and hardened at the beginning of the film. And then you see her kind of open up and blossom once she realises that this entity isn't actually a fragment of our imagination. She is haunting us, and now she's haunting my little brother. So she becomes this sort of heroine It's quite wonderful.
1: Absolutely, and... uh the story takes place in what time period and stuff future regular time but what 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 city and stuff is the story take uh, place it, it,
4: yeah it's just los angeles um it takes place here current day uh we actually shot in this super creepy house in l a and they they built a black tent around the home and it was really uneasy in there um there's definitely this sort of strange energy and then after we left we heard that the basement where we shot like a couple of weeks later just burst into flames one day and so we've been feeling really bad because we feel like we uh cursed the house with our crazy diana character
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and the story of how this film has grown is great right going from the film festival to now release and stuff so you've been excited about that too right for sure, with of yeah, Brothers. Yeah, I mean on. it was
4: this. Yeah, it was this tiny little short film that was on YouTube, and our director, he's a Swedish. He just created it in his apartment, obviously micro budget. I mean he just spent all his own money on it, and it went viral on YouTube, which is so cool that we have these platforms these days. And that's how he was discovered. They brought him on to be the director on this one. And uh, he did such an amazing job, and it came out this past weekend, and, you know, the critics have really been loving it, and so have the fans. People are having super physical reactions to the movie.
1: And you're new to the horror films as well. Is that right, Teresa?
4: Yeah, I'm pretty new. I mean, I did a horror film. One of my first films was a horror film, Um, but I feel like on that one I was just... Basically learning how to act and have an American accent, and this is a different experience. And in this one, I love it because I've been a huge fan of *The Supernatural* for forever. I have all the unsolved mysteries DVDs at my house, and I watch them all the time. And I've always been fascinated with the genre, but it had to take a really special script for me to want to do it. And and when this one landed on my lap, I just knew it would be successful and interesting
1: and these characters that people could grasp onto yeah definitely and when you think about the characters and how horror films need to continue to go back to the the real success days this seems like one that's not like it's going to be in your face quickly you got to be really suspense right worry about certain times where you're going to jump right in this film
4: yeah, um the the pacing is is done in a really great way in which you're just waiting to be terrified. And I think the darkness just adds such a, um, a another layer to it where it's absolutely terrifying because you're just literally on the edge of your seat. And you can hear when you watch it with an audience, you hear people screaming and yelling at the screen. Um there's a moment where I'm slowly walking down with a candle because, obviously, she has a very good way of making sure there are no lights in the house so she can stay there, this entity. And I'm walking slowly down the basement stairs, and there are people in the audience being like, oh, hell no! What you doing, girl? Like <laughs> freaking out at me. Uh, and it's really enjoyable to watch with an audience because they get so into it.
1: Do you, do you get... Do you, um, now, do you get scared when the lights are off after filming this? The I
4: did, yeah. I um, slept with my little kid's nightlight on um, for quite a while after this movie. And then I got over it and I was like, all right, I can sleep with my eye mask back on. And then when I watched the movie, because I hadn't seen the final product, I um, had my eye, my hand over my eyes for most of it. Um, and I was just jumping, like, really out of my skin. And when I watched it, I was nearly pregnant, too. So I was like, oh, my God, this poor baby is like, what is my mum doing right now? Um, <laughs> but then after that, I, I put the lights back on. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. And it's funny because I'm in it, but that's how effective the movie is, is it's just because you care about these characters, the scares are, are so so much greater and... Um, it just really works. I think that's why we've we've got such a great critical response so far.
1: And you're getting a lot of big fans already uh, with the, the response to the film. You're getting a lot of fans already hitting you up and stuff and asking you questions, right? And that's cool for sure, isn't yeah.
4: it? Yeah. Yeah, I have been stopped. I have been since it came out last year. How do we shoot this? are we doing a sequel, you know, all these sorts of things. And then, you know, it was just announced on deadline a couple of days ago that we are, in fact, doing a sequel. So it's just it been really well embraced, and it's terrifying, and people are loving it. So now apparently we're coming back with number two.
1: Well, congrats on that. I'm sure you're excited about (laughs) that. And uh, where's the best place we can uh, find information on you, Teresa? Where can we find the best information on you? Where can we find info on
4: you? Uh, oh, you can you can follow my Instagram if you want. I'm at Teresa Palmer. Um, and then yeah, just jump on board and buy buy some movie tickets for Lights Out and just enjoy that experience because it is it's just this wild ride and it's really um uh, it's fantastic.
1: All right, Lights Out is in theaters now. Teresa Palmer, thanks for calling and take care.
4: Yeah, you too. Thanks so much.
1: See ya. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Celebrity Bye. Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Caitlin, are you on the line? I'm here. Oh, I'm so excited welcome to welcome the program star from ABC's The Bachelorette and The Bachelor, Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin, thanks for calling, and wow, mm-hmm. Celebrity Family Feud. That must have been a blast, wasn't it? <laughs>
5: It was so much fun. I keep saying it was like having front row seats to a comedy show because Steve Harvey is just hilarious.
1: He is so funny. And now I asked uh, a guest before that was on Celebrity Family Feud. Did you watch it when you were a kid? Did you get a chance to watch some of the history of Family Feud with other different hosts and stuff and leading up to this opportunity?
5: Yes, of course. I've always been a big fan of the show and I've Again, I've just been telling everybody I have the app on my phone and my iPad, and anytime uh, I get together with friends or family, we always play it. So um, I've always been a fan.
1: Absolutely, and uh, and this is going to be an interesting uh, competition, right? For sure. And it's hard it's yeah. hard for you to kind of look at you know going against each other. So tell us the the, the competition that will be on tonight on Sunday night, uh, July thirty first at eight p.m. Eastern. Tell us a little bit about. Uh, who you'll be competing against, and who's your team.
5: Yeah, so it's it's Bachelorette versus Bachelor. So there's a couple of the past bachelorettes, girls from other guys' season, same thing on the other team with all the guys. And uh, I'm a very competitive person, and uh, Sean knows that. So we were against each other, and it was just um, – we didn't go easy on each other either.
1: And And I'm sure Sean was saying stuff to you like, Hey Caitlin, look, I'm gonna well, we're gonna clean your clocks, you know, and we're gonna show that the Bachelor's better <laughs> than the Bachelorette. And you're like, oh no, 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 we're gonna see what's up, right? Yeah. And, and so that that was there's there cattiness even before you got on stage, right? And
5: yeah, he was talking a big game, so you'll have to see what happens.
1: <laughs> and what what did you what did you find so great about specifically just? See, being on on a, on a, on, a, on a game show like that that people remember for ever in a while and just and knowing what question are they going to ask next right that's what you're thinking about oh no is it, what's how are they going to embarrass me yeah. now
5: it's well it's funny because they I mean all these questions are top hundred answers like they're not they're not anything difficult you just have to you know think off the top of your head but that's when I do my worst when I'm under pressure so it's it's harder than you think.
1: Oh, it's definitely harder than you think, and you're and you're you're saying to yourself, "What the heck am I going going to do if I get if I get the answer wrong?" Because you just have to be on your feet. And You're saying, "Oh no, this is not this is not I, this is not one, I
5: know, and I I I pride myself on being quick and witty, and it's 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 harder when you're under pressure like
6: that.
1: And and you have to think on your feet because you'd say, "Oh, this is the easiest question in the world." You got the buzzer in your hand. You're ready to go. Okay, the Someone says this, and then you click, and you you answer because you want to beat the bachelor, and you're like, "Oh my! Did I really say that?"
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think that happens a few times on this one. Yep. And,
1: and we don't we don't want to we don't want to spoil it as well. And uh, I guess working and getting to talk to the bachelors and the bachelorettes just kind of reminds you of your experience on the bachelorette and bachelor, right? And and you reminisce a lot, don't you, mm-hmm. from doing the show?
5: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Reminisce and say, from those days I remember, right?
5: You know what? It's it's funny how little you do remember. I feel like there's so much going on and so much pressure on you and stress that I just kind of like, I've almost like blocked it out of my memory.
1: You blocked it? Okay.
0: <laughs> that's a
1: that's a that's a that's a good answer for sure. Did you get a chance to talk to Steve off stage or anything about Steve and you know and uh, how, what's going on with him? He's he's a pretty good guy, isn't he? Getting to meet him and stuff. He
5: is just he's hilarious. He's such a good good funny person you can just tell he's got a good heart and it was it was like they film it and you're up on stage for longer than what airs so yeah you got to just banter with him a little bit and hang out and it was just so much fun
1: and i'm sure he was kept you all at ease to say don't worry i'm not going to embarrass you right and then once the camera goes on <laughs> it was totally different.
5: yeah absolutely i think i think um that's part of the fun of watching the show is when people get embarrassed
1: and, and and he knows embarrassment as well, for sure. So it's, yeah, everyone absolutely. gets embarrassed at one point, the amount of memes that came out for him. But I think it probably was worth a lot for him. <laughs> I Any agree. publicity I good agree. publicity, I guess, Caitlin. That's what these PR agents find out, yeah. right? <laughs>
5: that's what they say.
1: So, what's new with you? Update us what's going on with you, Caitlin.
5: Yeah, so we're actually uh, we're over in Canada right now visiting friends and family and hanging out for the summer and uh, working on a few things coming up. And Sean's got his whole fitness thing going on. They're starting a program where they're going to travel to different cities and do large group workouts outside with people. And I've been songwriting and singing in Nashville, and we've just got a lot going on.
1: So traveling back and forth all the time. You guys are like one place, another all place. All the time. And you wish you could travel together and sometimes where the projects are in the same place, right?
5: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
1: But that's hard, right? It's not it's not definitely not the easiest thing at, at times for sure. Uh and no, that's great. That's it's fantastic. What do you think was your greatest memory uh doing the shows? Can you give me a, one point from Ed the Bachelorette your greatest memory?
5: Um like so, some things that I got to do were just so fun. Like I think one of the highlights for me on the show was um, getting to do stand up comedy with Amy Schumer, and I just got to hang out with her and like we drank wine and came up with like little comedy skits, and it was just so much fun. And she's actually become a friend out of this for me.
1: Well, that's great, and and, and an amazing, tremendous rise for her too, right? Uh, especially looking Absolutely. at Amy. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I had a friend who was a Canadian radio host interviewed her before she made it, and he always talks about it and how down-to-earth the person she is and how very approachable yeah, that's,
5: she is. Yeah, she's so easy to talk to and easy to get along with and, again, just hilarious but a good person.
1: Where can people follow you, Caitlin, and learn more about you? What's the best places they can go to follow you, find information on you and what you're doing?
5: Well, I am a big Snapchatter these days, and uh, I put way too much effort into my Snapchats for people to not watch. So I would say that is our main thing. It's like pretty much watching a mini reality show of Sean and I. So if you want to follow us on there, it's, it's at SnapbackBean, and it's a long story. that I, I don't know why that's my name, but it's SnapbackBean. Otherwise, it's just uh, my Instagram and Twitter is my full name, Caitlin Bristow.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, everyone has to tune in this Sunday night, Family Feud, eight p.m. Eastern, yes. seven Central, Absolutely. ABC, and uh, we'll we'll see how Caitlin gets embarrassed and how every one of the people get embarrassed. And people <laughs> will remember a lot of the Bachelors there and Bachelorettes. So they need to tune in. Thanks for calling, and take care.
5: Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, later. Bye bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity bye. Show. We'll- Cheyenne, are you on the line?
7: I'm on the line.
1: Fantastic! So I'm excited to welcome the program from FX's American Horror Story, Cheyenne Jackson. Cheyenne, thanks for calling, man. And I know you're just excited about the two projects you have going on right now, aren't you?
7: Yes, I am. I am very excited.
1: And let's kind of first of all talk about again being asked back again for American Horror Story. What? How's that experience been so far for you?
7: It's a great experience. I mean, I was a big fan of the show prior. Uh, so, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Like my mom can't watch it. She watches it through her fingers. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I just I, I love the fantasy of it. I love, I think, the acting on it is so fantastic. So, yeah, you know, when when they asked me to join last season and said you're going to be married to Lady Gaga and you're going to do A, B, and C, you got to just kind of jump all in. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been a great experience, really, really artistically rewarding.
1: Did you have to pinch yourself when you said you were going to be married to Lady Gaga, especially you being a musician yourself, to get to work with her?
7: Oh, yeah. Saying, really? Oh, yeah. I fully, fully geeked out. I mean, I was a huge fan of her, her stuff, but her it's in particular, her jazz stuff. I mean, her stuff with Tony Bennett is impeccable, truly. So,
1: really? yeah, yeah, the
7: very first day on set. I walked up to her and I was like, okay, so, uh, hi, li- what do I call you? And she's like, <laughs> Stephanie, naturally. So who knew? <laughs> no, it was really great. It, she's been wonderful to work with and, and, and talking about music and art with her. Awesome. She's a, she's a great girl.
1: And especially, I guess it's great to be teamed up with her, with your experience in acting to help her out as well in that process of that new transition from, you know, being a performer to acting and the differences in it and to work with her and be kind of a mentor in a way, because of how many years you've been acting and stuff, right? You kind of probably helped her. Yeah. We sometimes. all just,
7: well, we all helped each other. Yeah. And she, the, the thing about her is that she is so open. She just literally said, listen, you guys, I want to be, I want to do a great job and uh, let's all help each other. And, and so we really, you know, there was, there was no ego involved. She definitely wanted to, learn and to and she was prepared and she worked hard it was you know as you know in industry that is not always the case so the fact that she was that open to to i think that's the testament to how much she cares about art and 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 it was a successful performance so yeah it was a great great time really really proud of her
1: yeah you see you see other different celebrities and different uh aspects come in and, you know, they uh, they, they just are go- going through the motions. Hey, it's my name. It seems like what uh, Lady Gaga was able to do is so say, I'm going to take this 110% as much as I work hard in music. I'm going to do the same thing here. It wasn't a paid age for her. It was an experience and an opportunity. And for her to be nominated, that the, must have been unbelievable as well, right?
7: Uh, oh, it was awesome. Yeah, and then she won the Golden Globe. I was there you know, with her when she won. It was a huge, a huge thing for her and for the show, and yeah, no, very inspiring to be around somebody who is that that committed, and you know, some would say needn't be, and the fact that she just won't do anything less than than like you said, one hundred and ten percent. It made all of us want to dig that much deeper. It's very cool. It's very cool. Not always the case.
1: Well, and I know that your congratulations again. Uh, your album just hit the. Billboard top ten last week, so that's got to be an amazing. Yeah, You're talking about American Horror Story, but I, I have a feeling as a stage actor as well, music. What would you put first, acting or music? Is your is your love, like your pat your ultimate passion?
7: Music, um, and it's it's funny Neil because like my mom, <laughs> she hates that people don't know that I sing. You know, she's like, "That's your first thing." I can't believe people don't know, but you know, people only know you how they know you. So most people either saw me on 30 Rock or Glee or, you know, whatever. Um, So it's really fun to be able to actually do an album of stuff that I grew up listening to. That's the most really authentic version of me and uh, be able to share that and then have it be well received and, and, and to chart and stuff. It's a kind of an embarrassment of riches, but so proud of this album. Really, really just so happy.
1: Exactly, and jazz too. To boot, Cheyenne, yeah. they probably think, "Oh yeah, you're some pop singer with you know your looks and stuff." And no, 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 it's jazz, yeah. and that, that, that probably surprises it, people too, right?
7: Yeah, it does, and that's what I you know I, I really wanted to. I turned forty, and and just I really wanted to think like, what is the music that I grew up listening? What is the stuff that is that inspires me the most? And I grew up in a little town in northern Idaho, and I didn't listen to stuff on the radio. I listened to Ella Fitzgerald and Nat King Cole and Sarah Vaughn. And, and I had one music teacher, because I was self-conscious about the fact that I didn't like stuff that was popular. And I felt like a weirdo kid. But I had one music teacher that said, you know what? No, that's your thing. You, Your voice is old fashioned. And, and this music is a great marriage uh, of what you can offer. So I, I, I loved that he did that and kind of you know fostered that in me. And that is what I've continued to hold on to. So, putting this album together seemed really—it it, it just seemed like the perfect fit. So, yeah, twenty-two piece orchestra, and I really picked songs that I've grown up listening to, toured with, and always wanted to do. You know,
1: and and so and and the love of it. And the, so, were you trained as in, as a jazz musician, Cheyenne? Too, just or, you, uh, or you picked I mean, it up.
7: And, yeah, I mean, no, I wasn't trained in particular as a jazz musician, but I think you just – you kind of uh, ascribe to whatever is the the thing that moves you the most, and, and I just grew up trying to sound like these guys and trying to – you know, I had this one album called The Leading Ladies of Jazz, like all 13-year-old boys. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, Billie Holiday, Lena Horne, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, I just right. – Loved the, you know, I feel like a good melody is a good melody is a good melody. It stands the test of time, and that's that's what I wanted to put out there.
1: All right, well, fantastic. Uh, best place we can find information on you, Cheyenne, uh, purchase your music, learn more about you, where can we go?
7: Oh, anyway, I mean, you know, I have a website, uh, com, or, you know, Twitter is my name, Cheyenne Jackson, or Instagram, Mr. Cheyenne Jackson. Uh, and then the album, you know, all the usual places, uh, Amazon, iTunes, all the above.
1: Well, you're the best. I, I definitely am proud of you, especially with the opportunity to go back American Horror Story and looking at the stage acting. You have a lot of different interests in and that keeps life interesting for sure, Cheyenne. So thanks for calling, and best of luck.
7: It sure does. Hey, thanks a lot. I really appreciate that. Have a great day.
1: Hey, take care. Hi, Cynthia. Are you on the line?
6: I am on the line. Good morning.
1: Fantastic. Good morning. So I'm excited to welcome to the program Real Housewives of Atlanta star Cynthia Bailey, and she's going to talk about Sharknado: The Fourth Awakens that premieres on July 31st on Sci-Fi. How are you?
6: I'm doing awesome. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. So, look at this kind of a, a difference for you. You know, being on the Housewives for so many different years, and now with Sharknado, is this a, this is different for you, right?
6: You know, um, being an actress is very different from uh, being a reality star. It's two different things, two different movements. And uh, um, you know, on our show, you know, we just be ourselves. We just do what we do, and we react how we would normally act. And I will say. You know, um, as a, as an actor, you know it's a whole another thing. You have to become the character. You know, it's it's a lot going on. Uh, I was excited for the opportunity and to you know be a part of this uh, the platform. You know, I love acting, so I thought this was a, a fun opportunity.
1: So your experience in acting before this, Cynthia, with you know being on The Real Housewives for so many years, did you uh, were you an actor an actress before The uh, Real Housewives?
6: You know what, I actually have done some dabbling in acting uh, before the show. Um, I actually was on the Cosby show, uh, you know, years oh. ago as well. You would only had like two, maybe a couple, two or three episodes I was on. Uh, I was a friend of one of the friends, one of the uh, cast, um, uh, one of the castmates on the show. Um, oh. And um, so that was cool, and I did some episodes, the episode of Law and Order, you know, Little things here and there. Uh, my main focus was always modeling back then, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I I've, I've dabbled. I've dabbled. I will say now I'm at a point where you know I'd like to seriously, um, you know, pursue pursue acting.
1: Absolutely. So that experience definitely helped you with the Real Housewives for sure. Let's talk a little bit about Sharknado. Then maybe you can give us maybe a. Uh, a little hint of what we could expect, or what's going to happen in the next season, or any ideas of where, where it's gone, The Real Housewives. But let's go Sharknado first of all. Uh, what is your role in this, and what are you, uh, what are you doing in the show? Uh,
6: well, I play a gorgeous scientist. <laughs> okay. I play a scientist. My role is to help um, save the world. Um, there's a huge meat nado heading headed toward the planet to kill everyone and myself alongside Tommy Davidson and another actress, we have to mastermind the situation and, and stop it. And, uh, you know, you have to see the movie, but I will say, I'll just put out there that I did not die in Sharknado. So, you know, that <laughs> means that means there's a possibility that I could be a in turn. Sharknado 5. You can <laughs> cause I don't think the Sharknados are going anywhere. Anytime. Okay.
1: No, I think this is definitely fantastic. And think about uh, working with Tommy Davidson. Oh, my gosh. I got the chance to chat with him a couple months ago. Man, he is so funny, and it's great to see him back rolling again because I was such a huge fan of In Living Color and stuff. It must have been fun working with him. Oh,
6: yeah. Tommy's hilarious. And, um, you know, I just had a great time. Like, uh, Hasselblad. Terry like the whole cast was just really, really amazing. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of celebrity cameos. Um, none, none of the other people, none of the cameo people were there my day. So um, I've, I've heard a lot of different names. I know one of my castmates, Kenya Moore, is also, uh, also does a cameo in the movie as well. So, you know, you get a couple Housewives in there. So make sure you guys check it out.
1: Oh, we we definitely we gonna we definitely will check it out for sure, and we'll try to get it out all over the place through syndication and through social media, Cynthia, just to get get that going. Now, how is it, Ian, with coming up with this whole thing with Sharknado? What what a brand this is becoming, isn't it?
6: Oh my God, it's it's crazy. Um, he was awesome to work with as well. He's 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 very serious. He's a very focused guy. You know. And um, you know, it, it was fun. It was fun hanging out with those guys all day. I mean, I, I just can't believe how uh, the sh- Sharknado four. I remember seeing the first one, and of course, at that time, I never thought I would be in be in the Sharknado movie. So, um, you know, I'm excited. You know, I think you yeah, just go, you know, just go with it. Just go with life. See what happens. And I think, uh, you know, you never know. Like like I said, this could be the beginning of a very um, long acting Sharknado career for me.
1: <laughs> oh, I, it's great. We just you, we don't you can't die, right? That's the big thing, right?
6: <laughs> yeah, as long as I live, there's an opportunity I can come back. <laughs> so I just got to figure yeah, out. Sure. I just got to figure out how to stay alive.
1: <laughs> and so, well, that's great, and uh, for sure. And uh, uh, updates for us for any updates you can give us about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I know you're filming right now. Anything to the yes. fans and how you've been excited about? It. Give us a little bit of an update.
6: Yeah, well, you know what, we are currently filming Real Housewives of Atlanta right now. Uh, we are and pretty much, we usually come on in November. Um, the show, uh, wow, will be just as entertaining and dramatic as, as always. Um, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of different things, uh, you know, career-wise and also personally on the show. And, um, you know, this is my seventh season. I think this is like season uh, eight or season nine, but uh, it's been this is my seventh. And, you know, you guys got to make sure you tune in. We won't disappoint. We are the number one show on Bravo.
1: Well, congrats. That's That's got to be exciting for you, right? Especially with when you oh, started, yeah. you saw the other Real Housewives brands and w- ones that were really doing really well. And you guys came in and said, okay, we're going to take this role on now, right? And probably people didn't expect oh, it, yeah. right, compared to the other ones.
6: Yeah, Atlanta took it over. Atlanta's like no other. Um, that's why we've consistently been number one. And uh, you know, I just think there's something for everybody on, on Atlanta, on the land. There's something about Atlanta. There's something about Atlanta. So I'm very excited. The to, ATL. You know, to be a part oh. of it for seven years.
1: And the work out there for acting is huge in it, the ATL, isn't it? There's a lot of work. Oh yeah. Oh my God!
6: There? Oh yeah! Yeah, tons of television and film is um, being filmed in Atlanta. So yes, uh, Atlanta's hot. Hot Atlanta is hotter than ever. Hotter than ever.
1: Well, that, That's great for you because you have this, you have the Real Housewives, you have other things. Any other projects you can tell us about right now, Cynthia, or is that pretty much what's going on?
6: No, no, no. Yeah. Of course, that, That's never all of it. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, uh, Sharknado. I have tons of other projects, but more importantly, uh, my Cynthia Bailey Eyewear. And it's hugely successful. Um, you can go to CynthiaBaileyEyewear.com. Uh, I'm actually, I just had a huge event in, in the Hamptons. I'm on my way back to the city now. Uh also have wow. cargo by Cynthia Bailey. It's a leather goods line, backpacks, clutches, phone cases, doing very well. Uh, my overall goal is to uh, build a Cynthia Bailey's fashion accessories empire. So I got hats coming, I got scarves coming, I got watches, right. you name it. I, the you plan can, is, yeah. is, you have to have a plan, yeah. is to be the... The queen of fashion accessories. So, stay tuned. A lot of
1: things. And, and see, and see, Cynthia. It's because what you see is ultimately the real loyal fans are your fans on Bravo's Real Housewives of Atlanta. They love you, and you just keep connecting with them, and they want to support things you're doing. Right. That's the cool thing about yes, and I'm so being cool. on
6: a show like this. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, I'm very real. Uh, I'm very transparent on the show, uh, very down to earth, and, uh, you know, my fans relate to me because everything, you know, a lot of things that I go through, you know, as a mother, as a wife, as a businesswoman, um, you know, as a friend, as a sister, as a, uh, a daughter of, you know, as my mom's daughter, you know, people go through real stuff, and I've always been very transparent about the real stuff that I go through. And uh, I think people can relate to that.
1: Okay, so Sharknada, The Fourth Awakening, fantastic.
6: Well, going. fantastic,
1: Cynthia, best least we can find information. We already told our website. Give us your website one more time, and social media, we can follow you.
6: Okay, and uh, for all things Cynthia Bailey, please follow me on social media, Cynthia Bailey 10, Cynthia Bailey 10. Uh, Cynthia Bailey Eyewear Go to CynthiaBaileyEyewear.com Cynthia Bailey, uh, Cindy Bailey Bags and Leather Goods Go to Cargo by CV Cargo by Cynthia Cargo by, Let me see, my bag line is Cargo by CynthiaBailey.com
1: Awesome Great chatting with you, thanks for coming on the show And take care
6: Awesome, thank you so much
1: Thank you Cynthia, bye bye You're looking listening to the Total Celebrity Show We'll be back Anthony, are you on the line?
8: Yeah, I'm on the line. How you guys doing?
1: Fantastic! Excited welcome to welcome the program, the director of Sharknado: The Fourth Awakens, which will be on July thirty first, eight PM Eastern, on the Sci Fi Channel. Anthony C. Ferrante, Anthony, thanks for calling, and uh, I am just so impressed with the Sharknado brand and how you guys have grown it.
8: No, thank you. I mean, you know, we we lucked out. We we made this silly, ridiculous film, and. The world seems to be along for the ride. I guess uh, we're, we're in this uh, bizarre time where where they need something that, uh, that kind of just is a release from all the bizarreness out there.
1: Absolutely. So tell us how the story came about, how you came up with this idea, and uh, you know, had Ian involved in it and stuff, and how it's grown from there. Uh,
8: it was just a, a pitch. Uh, a writing partner and I uh, came up with, uh, we were trying to come up with the most ridiculous concept ever. And he said, Sharknado, and we pitched it a couple times to sci-fi. Nothing really happened. And then uh, I wrote a reference to a Sharknado in a script I did for sci-fi, and that's when they said, we must make this film. And there we are. We're making the movie, and we got Ian Ziering and Tara Reid, and uh, we thought, you know, this is going to just be a one-off little film that we made, uh, something really ridiculous that uh, that maybe uh, in a five years it could be a cult film. And then overnight it became uh, this huge hit. And it's it's very uh, it's very flattering that that people still love what we do.
1: Absolutely, and um, in your background, you you uh, tell us that your background and how that kind of came about, the thought process of just w- with Sharknado, the fact of uh, you, you were involved in horror movies as a director and a bunch of different things, but putting the comedy mix and the and uh, the kind of celebrity mix really helps this Sharknado, right?
8: Yeah, no, I mean, look, we, the, I think the, what we do is, we, you know, our ridiculous aspect of it is the sharks and the tornado, and then we play it straight with the characters and stuff. And I think that's how it, it sort of evolved and worked. And the cameos, you know, the cameos, we have all these different people that want to be in it, and we try to find a way, interesting ways of integrating them into the film.
1: And sci-fi is willing to work with you in any way, right, to help you keep this going, right? Sounds like they're a great partner.
8: Oh, sci-fi is fantastic. I, you know, they. When we sit down to do the next movie, we always go, okay, let's. let's everybody throws in their ideas, and and like the last movie, we ended up doing space. And no one knew we were doing it. It was a big surprise. Um, and so there's, a, it's hard to kind of top space, but I think we did it with this movie. We we are, the fifth mo- The fourth movie right now is essentially a, uh, a superhero origin story, and only uh, the way Sharknado could do it. And that's what makes these things neat is that we kind of get to play with different genres every time. And, um, you know, every time I think that, you know, we're going too far, it's like, we, we maybe aren't going far enough. I, I, I we did this while we were in, uh, Vegas and, uh, we had the Chippendales there and, and I, on, on the cuff, I said, you know, could you just, you know, do a thrust motion to the sky and we'll put a shark there. You know, to do a crotch rocket. And, uh, the guy goes, yeah, that sounds great. And we did it. And I didn't think that, uh, I thought standard and practices would veto it. And lo and behold, uh, the first, uh, the first trailer they put out, you have this Chippendale prosh rocket, rocketing a shark off his uh, junk. And it just, just like it became uh, a meme, uh, but it was one of those things in the moment that, you know, nothing is too outlandish or crazy in a, in a shark NATO movie. We have a cow NATO, you know, we just, <laughs> we just keep doing these things that, uh, that you don't expect that we're going to do. And I think that's, that's, that's why people watch it, the unpredictability. You know, when you're going into uh, a regular movie, pretty much what's going to happen. If it's a drama, you're going to, you know, cry or whatever. If you're going into a superhero movie, people are going to beat themselves up. When you go into a sharknado movie, you're like, I don't know what they're going to do this time. I've seen the trailer, but uh, I, I just have to see it for myself. <laughs> and then, you know, suddenly we're blowing up the Grand Canyon or, you know, we're doing this or that. And I think that's the, the thing is that you just don't know where we're going because there are no, there are no rules. And when there are no rules, you know it, it's you know creativity is Especially, unleashed.
1: Yeah. It definitely is unleashed, and I think that now talk a little bit really quickly about the fourth Awakens by coming up with a uh, a parody for that. That's going to really help with ratings as well because of how many people that are fans of uh, the Star Wars brand and, and, and the way you're bringing this up. But it's just the wording and then the posters, fantastic. It's really going to gather even more people's interest that maybe didn't even see Sharknado before.
8: You know, I, I really hope so. You know, it's uh, we we did pay homage to Star Wars in the last movie we did a lightsaber chainsaw in Space. And so, you know, we we're big Star Wars fans and, and just as a as a, a longtime Star Wars geek, to, to see that poster and to kind of kinda of have my own Star Wars moment even though it's not Star Wars, it, it just means a lot yeah. to me. And I and I think that I think that I, I hope it does give us a boost since there is this huge Star Wars awareness. Um and uh you know, if there was any other movie out there that was on their fourth film, I guarantee you they would have tried to do the Fourth Awakens. So we were just fortunate enough that we were on our fourth movie and, you know, the Fourth Awakens came out and everybody it was like one of those titles that a lot of people uh that were working on it we were kind of floating around. And so we all came to the table pretty much at the same time and said, Fourth Awakens. And it's like, okay, that's the title because everybody's uh, it's on the same page with it.
1: Okay, so the Fourth Awakens is on sci fi, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, Sunday, July 31st on sci fi. Again, best place we can find information on you, Anthony. Where can we go?
8: AC Ferrante, that's A C F E R R A N T E. That's my Twitter handle. And we're going to be live tweeting uh, from the stratosphere on Sunday night. And uh, my band uh, Quint—we uh, did the, the theme song, "Ballad of Sharknado." We wrote a rock opera for this one called "Sharknado Rhapsody." You can find us on uh, iTunes.
1: Awesome! A lot of lot of uh, cool things going on. You even have the Tribeca Film Festival working with Ian on that. So there's a lot of great things. You got to go follow Anthony and check him out, and check out Sharknado: The Fourth Awakens. Again, July thirty first at eight PM Eastern on Sci Fi take